Welcome to the Humans Inside the Pods with Morgan O'Learon, a podcast exploring the power of community, one conversation at a time. Hi, Katya. How are you? Hello. I'm good. Thank you. How are you? I'm good. I'm really happy to have you. I've, I haven't recorded a podcast in almost a month and a half now, and uh, I'm really, really excited to get started again. Um, so thank you for joining me. Me too. Thank you very much for inviting me. I'm, I'm very happy to be your first guest in a month and a half. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, let's just start the, the, the way I always do. And uh, I'll ask you to just introduce yourself the way you want to, and then we can just dive in. Okay, so... My name is Katya. Um, this is one of the, I mean, introducing myself is always really hard. So I'm- It's a tough question. <laughs> <laughs> I was born in Bulgaria. I lived in a lot of um, different countries and places uh, in my life. And I used to have a corporate career for about 10 years. And then I moved on to entrepreneurship. I had my own little company. And then life happened. A lot of things happened slowly, slowly, without uh, even realizing I became a digital nomad or what I like to say, digital slow mad, because I was traveling really slowly uh, with my partner and with our cat. So basically, we were always choosing a country to have uh, something like a home base for a year and then take shorter trips uh, from this place and then move on to the next country um, so yeah that's been going on for a while and actually in the meantime uh, we had this amazing opportunity to take over a beautiful French castle a beautiful property and we spent many many years in <laughs> attempts to restore it, to start a business out of it. Um, it hasn't been easy. Um, it took definitely much longer than we expected, but it has been an exciting and crazy journey. And finally, two years ago, um, both of us with my partner and with our cat, we found ourselves in a co-living place in Tenerife, nine co-living. Uh, where we were supposed to spend a year. Well, actually with the lockdown, we spent a year and a half. And it was one of the most amazing experiences in our life. And we absolutely loved it. And after the lockdown, we decided to just transform our place into a co-living, something that we would never ever even, like would never cross our mind before. <laughs> um, so yeah, since since a few months, the Chateau is now uh, co-living. We've already hosted some uh, pop-up projects and some projects with friends. So yeah, long story short, that's more or less my story and how, how I entered into co-living. Wow. Okay, I have questions. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Um, yeah, actually, one of my first questions was going to be, how did you discover co-living? Uh, so you you said your first experience was with nine co-living that I've heard a lot about actually from different people. Yeah, um, it's an amazing place. I, I recommend it definitely. <laughs> it's on my list. <laughs> um, how did you end up trying this? Because you said you were a slow a slow man. I love that. 
before that, but you had not experienced co-living on your travels before. Yeah, it's now from today's point of view, I don't know how come we didn't experience co-living before because it was always something that we are missing. Like, you know, you are missing something, but you don't know exactly what it is. Uh, so usually what we would do is we would go to a country, um, rent a house, befriend the locals, go to working coffee places or co-workings if they exist in this place and just yeah, have some local friends, which is always great and amazing or be, become friends also with the foreigners that live in this place. It's sometimes easier when you go to a place where you don't speak the language in the beginning. Um, the thing is that always when we did that, it, it was a great experience and we always met amazing people and made a lot of friends, but it's people whose life is so different than ours. Like we were always missing this for someone to understand what we are actually doing. Like people would not understand, but why you're coming here? Why you're moving after? Didn't you like it here? And you know, what is your plan? Why you don't want to buy a house? And you know, every time you have to explain yourself in a way and you see that people just don't understand. And yeah, it, it, it was just um, a bit uh, missing this community part. Mm -hmm. You know, having local friends is amazing, but uh, you don't really have people to connect to I mean we, we don't have the same problems we can't yeah. really talk about the same things so you can be friends up to a certain extent but then when you really need some understanding of your situation or of your future plans or something like that it's very hard to find that yeah neither with locals neither with the foreigners that are settled down full-time like people with life that is just um what we call normal life <laughs> um so suddenly when we went to i mean i've seen this kind of community vibe and understanding uh, often in co-working places which was great but then again you spend a few hours with these people and then you never see them again most of the time yeah or you just you are busy with your work you don't spend too much time talking so then when I found out, I think it was in one of the Facebook groups for Digital Nomads. I don't remember which one exactly, but I heard people talking about co-living and I was like, oh, what's that? So that was a really interesting concept that we really wanted to try. Uh, one problem was that we are traveling with our cat. Yeah. So <laughs> not everyone is, you know, happy to accept cats the other thing is that we wanted to find a base that is you know a place to stay a bit longer because we don't want to move too quickly i think one year is the good amount of time to say yeah. that you really lived in a country mm. um so yeah then i saw by chance a kind of a part-time job at, at nine co-living they were looking for someone. So basically, Anna, the owner of Nine, she had opened the co-living about a year ago. And for a year uh, until the business uh, really takes off, she was kind of doing it alone, uh, which at some point was uh, becoming a bit heavy. So she was looking basically for someone to 
join and to work two or three days a week and to kind of take over from her also to help with some marketing stuff, grow the Instagram and stuff like that. So when I saw this opportunity, I jumped because there is, <laughs> it was a very good chance for me. I had by the time um, slowed down with my other business, I was kind of trying to find a way to um, to slow it down and to finish most of my projects. So I thought, oh, I have these two, three days to spend. We really want to go there. Uh, we had a coach, she has a dog, we have a cat. We, <laughs> we kind of very quickly clicked. Mm -hmm. And yeah, that's how uh, absolutely by chance. Uh, actually, I, I was trying to go to other colleagues um, before, but it was not possible. So yeah, that's how it happened. It was meant to be. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Amazing. And so you stayed a year. Is that a, is that a normal amount there? That do people stay that no. long? No. Okay. No, no. Usually it's for travelers. Uh, people stay, let's say, between two weeks and three months. Mm. Now with the pandemic, people stay longer. Of course. Because uh, yeah. they don't want to to move too fast. So now. Uh, when I was talking to her, people were staying now for six, seven months, which is amazing. But wow, it was yeah. not it was not the initial concept. Yeah. <laughs> of the you have place. to adapt. Yeah. It was meant to be for travelers. But then I understand it's a, it's a great place to stay for six, seven mm -hmm. months. So. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I'm I'm always thinking that it's good for community as well. You know, the longer you stay yeah. together, the more you get to know each other and stuff. Did you have any um I don't know, any thought or ideas of how co-living would be before you tried it and then you experienced it and it was what you expected or different with your partner? Mm, uh, I don't know. Actually, I didn't, I tend not to put too many expectations before doing anything because I don't want to be disappointed. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I think... In this case, it probably exceeded my expectations. I didn't expect that um, we would be able to connect with people so quickly, actually, that we would be able to uh, create so many meaningful relationships so quickly. Because when you travel full time, even like us, we travel slowly, but still we meet a lot, a lot of people compared to Mm, the people who are settled down yeah. we meet a lot a lot of people on daily basis and one of the difficult things is that you meet people that you really like and that you really think you could be friends with but then you have different plans so you spend a day or two together and then you never have the time to really develop a friendship or a meaningful relationship I think this is something that um, a lot of nomads are talking about and it's one of the pain points of, of most people traveling um, and in the co-living even though some people probably stay for two weeks or a month just the fact that you live together and you share a workspace together and kitchen and so many other things we do you do so many activities together uh, this one month is very eventful yeah. so this one month really helps you to create a real like you are you are roommates basically mm. like grown-up roommates with your privacy but still <laughs> you spend a lot of time together yeah. that's one thing that 
exceeded my expectations. We, we created a lot of beautiful friendships. And actually one of the things is that I think I learned a lot about myself with this experiment. Um, just a small example, you know, sometimes you, you would meet someone that you, it, this might not be a bad person, but you just don't click together. Yeah. You just don't click for whatever reason. There is no chemistry, you just don't click. And in a normal situation, you would just not go out with this person anymore. You would just like cut, cut the relationship and, yeah. you know, no no need to spend any more time with this person but in the co-living you have to spend time with this person and then you get to know the person and then you realize that you really like this person <laughs> once once you like co-living makes you give a chance to people that you would normally not give a chance to and I love that. Yes. it makes you learn also a lot about yourself and about being patient and about you know, if something is for me personally a bit annoying in the behavior of other people, once you get to know this person, you understand why this person is like that. And then you are absolutely not annoyed by this behavior because you understand what is the root for it. Yeah. And yeah, for me, that's a very, very interesting social experiment <gasps> in a community. Yeah, I so agree with that. I, I think I had a lot of similar experiences where, like you say, we're so used to, um, I mean, we grow up and we make friends with the people that we click with and we don't need the other people that we don't click with, yeah. right? But, and, but it's true, when you find yourself in that situation where everyone's around, then you, you like you say, you give a chance and you, you go deeper, right? yeah uh, you don't stay on the surface and that's uh, it gives for great surprises <laughs> and actually in the long term you realize at least i realized that um, those people that you don't click immediately with those people that are completely different from me so to say because we tend to click with people that are kind of similar with us and that we have something to share with um actually having the other people in your life is extremely valuable because you learn so much more from a different point of view rather than always spending time with people that are similar to you so true yeah so for yeah. me that's one of the magic things in co-living <laughs> definitely i uh, my experience i feel like the, the last three years living in co-living i feel like i've opened my mind so much and i've learned so much and now i've been living almost two years not in a co-living and I feel like it shrank again I feel like everything that I thought I had opened up in my mind is I'm becoming more narrow-minded in a way and I don't like that aspect and I don't like that side of me and I really want to go back to yeah giving a chance to more people and more things so maybe it's just in your head though because I don't think you can once once you become open-minded I don't think you can Go back. Become close minded. Narrow minded again. <laughs> maybe, maybe it's still there, but I, it's like it's like exercise. I need to exercise it a little bit. But yeah, it's still there, of course. I hope so, my God. <laughs> but um sure. so I, I have to let's talk about the chateau because that's just so interesting. And I have to ask, how did you end up uh with the chateau in France? 
<laughs> it's the it's it's a question that everybody asks and i never know how to answer uh long story short i mean the chateau was in my partner's family for 800 years why um but at the end it came to us in a very unusual way um so basically his father who was the, the older brother who was supposed to inherit the chateau uh he passed away 15 years ago but even before um he was a very so to say open-minded bohemian person from the 68th generation peace and love and all of that something <laughs> that normally is not what a traditional french noble family no. is very keen on <laughs> um yeah married divorced several times um yeah with a very very wide circle of friends in a very bohemian life so basically the grandparents decided that they will give the chateau to the younger son uh, which is Manuel's uncle who by tradition became a monk and mm -hmm. he's still alive he lives in a in a monastery in a community um, of course he doesn't have any children so by like naturally Emmanuel my partner being the oldest son of the next generation uh he proposed him to take over the chateau one thing that we didn't realize at the time is that in france you have to pay 60 percent heritage tax on the value of the property so welcome to france it's, it's very hard because people say oh you so you didn't buy it you just inherited it. like well yeah we kind of oh, bought it yes. as well. <laughs> because 60% okay we didn't buy it full price but 60% from a property like that it's is huge. something that we would have never even imagined to ever buy in our life yeah. and it's also a bit controversial because now um yeah it kind of came a bit unexpected and also um with a big clash to our own personalities as travelers, as minimalists, as people who absolutely don't want to own anything. We never owned a house before. We never dreamed to buy a house. We always wanted to just move around. And then suddenly life gives you <laughs> exactly the opposite, <laughs> which we are very grateful for. But for, for several years, it was really on an emotional level, clashing quite a lot with our beliefs and um, yeah, as well, the, the way people see you when you own a castle changes completely. So, you know, it's very hard to travel around to sleep in hostels for 30 euro. And then when people ask you what you're doing to say, oh, we are actually renovating our castle. <laughs> wow, yeah. We are both very, you know, we always travel just on a backpack without any, yeah, so it's really hard. Uh, we, we we want to we want to break these perceptions of how people should be when you when you have a business or when you own a property or when you come from a noble family or when um, we we like to make the place really approachable and to make it who we are. Mm -hmm. 
mm. basically with with a lot of nice people with a lot of um, of course the, the cost of the place is huge but we did our best to open also some budget rooms we accept people that are coming in their own tents in their camper vans because we don't want to you know, we don't want to divide people according to how much they can pay. There will always be someone that can pay for a luxury room and that wants to experience a luxury castle room, which is amazing. This is why the castle is there. But we want also the people who can just spend the minimum and still be part of the community to also be able to come and be with us. Mm, yeah, so yeah, that's the, the story. Oh, of the castle, that's fascinating. <laughs> I mean, I like to think everything happens for a reason, and it's it's a, it came to you in a very unexpected way. And yeah, it's so interesting what you're saying about how you got something that completely on the first, if you yeah first look at it, completely clashes with what what you're about. Mm. But the way you've managed to turn it around in a way. I mean, I was looking at your website, and it. It doesn't obviously there's gorgeous pictures of the, the space, but it doesn't give a vibe of very how to say this like yeah it does feel like a, a genuine community and it, it I think you've done a great job with the website because it really shows that this is a community you need to participate you're not yet just there to be served right and uh, and that's so difficult to do when you're creating a co-living so. Turning, turning a castle into a co-living is quite a fun twist. Oh, yeah, especially because when people see a castle, they have certain expectations. Um, so yeah. Yeah, in our case, it's... Well, thank you for your nice words. Just one thing I wanted to add. It's kind of funny going back to the story of um, the castle not going to Emmanuel's father because he was too alternative in his ways. He, he wanted actually at the time in the late 60s, beginning of the 70s, when the grandparents asked him, you know, you are the old, older son, you are going to inherit eventually the property, what do you want to do? So basically they wanted to do a farm and sustainable living kind of hippie community. And wow. this, is why the, this is why the grandparents said no, actually they even built the, they even built the place for the cows and everything to to live really in nature and with animals and with their own garden and stuff like that and we, we were laughing that at the end of the day yes. finally we are not so far but we are doing the same <laughs> it, it was it was meant to be so once again it was just meant to be yeah <laughs> just skipped a generation somehow yeah, yeah that's kind of nice story what can I ask? What were you thinking of doing before that? Because you said you thought about turning it into a co-living after your experience at uh, nine co-living. Did you have yeah. any other plans instead? Well, before that, so we when we got the place first, um, the place itself was in a very bad condition because nobody lived there for a long time. Uh, so we had to do a lot, a lot of renovations, which we did ourselves and with friends and with volunteers uh, because we were not in a position to afford um, professional work only for things that we you absolutely have to do yeah. like very professional job like plumbing and stuff like that electricity then uh, everything else in the renovations we did 
by ourselves and with friends and volunteers. And um, uh, we started as a bed and breakfast. Mm. It was the first logical thing yeah. to do. And we didn't have all the rooms ready. So we just did the common areas first. Then we renovated one room. We put it on Airbnb. Then we slowly renovated second room, second room on Airbnb. <laughs> And like that slowly, slowly. Uh, and then we were doing this in the beginning, very like very not professionally, just with family uh, that we were taking shifts to go there, stay for a few months, then someone else comes, a cousin or us or someone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then we realized that when it's a castle, people, even though the price is not expensive, people have certain expectations uh so at some point we started a proper company and we started discussing with investors the investors wanted to see a professional team behind uh so we hired a professional team professional chef um a very very high level hospitality team people that used to work in castles like in luxury places which was a very long uh like a big big shot for us and a big risk yeah so we were discussing with serious investors that wanted to inject millions in the place to make it into a luxury resort to restore because we have several buildings but not all of them are restored so basically the capacity if uh, if you invest money it can really become big they wanted to do a big swimming pool like you know um and we were almost finalizing the deal with the investors before COVID and then COVID hit. And of course they pulled out because <laughs> everything about hospitality went to, yes. <laughs> went to hell. So then the professional team said, okay, you know, we're not gonna stay here for, yeah. for a small project. Uh, so they left as well so after COVID we were kind of yeah in the middle of nowhere not knowing what to do when we came back when we came back from Tenerife it was I think July or August last year Um, then we had another lockdown in France so yeah during the lockdown we proposed to some friends who live in small apartments in Paris or in other places to come for the lockdown because it's a big place with it's like the perfect place for a lockdown yeah (laughs) (laughs) you have full privacy you know nature the big park Mm -hmm. the nature a lot of space so some friends who were locked down before in their apartments uh, alone or just a couple in a small apartment they they came for the lockdown and this is how the idea for co-living came up and actually I'm really happy I don't know um, when we were discussing when we were on the big project with the investors the whole time yeah of course we were happy to have that and we we were really hoping that it will go through but you know sometimes without even knowing you have a feeling in the back of your mind yes that you know being with investors it means becoming part of a machine it means uh, not having your freedom anymore um 
yeah all of that like becoming part actually of a big corporation because it was a big corporation that wanted to mm, yeah. to take it over and one time actually we i i said to emmanuel but don't you think there is a reason why we both left the corporate world years ago because we didn't want to be part of it and now we are again becoming a part of it but at the time we didn't really have a choice we were so happy that someone sees potential in this yeah, place and wants to inject an investment into it so we just went for it without thinking and then when it when the deal didn't go through on one hand we were very disappointed on the other hand I knew that it was not the right thing to do so wow yeah almost a little bit relieved yeah almost yeah 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 so now we we are just trying to save the place but also to do what we believe in and what we feel good with that's amazing and so do you live there now are you part of the community uh yes and no <laughs> uh i we kind of have our new bases in the south of france mm-hmm uh because we yeah didn't know at the time that something will happen with the chateau so we based ourselves in the south of france uh and also emmanuel's job now requires him to spend quite a lot of time in the south of france when people say oh but you both have jobs <laughs> like, yeah <laughs> owning a castle is not a job <laughs> it's a very expensive hobby but it's not a job <laughs> um but we have two amazing community managers who live on spot right. george and gabriel and me i'm spending a lot of time there actually i'm spending between one and two weeks every month right. so basically yeah. i'm bouncing Part between time. Yeah. the south and the north yeah. yeah oh wow yeah and sometimes for bigger projects i'm staying for example for for the launch in may we did the pop-up project in collaboration with nanco living a uh, big reunion with uh, the people from nine so then of course i stayed for the whole month um but yeah for, for now i'm bouncing around but i'm always connected on slack and <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> being virtually part of the community and then um every yeah. two three weeks going to spend some time all right and so do you want to tell us a little bit about i mean i think we understand about the concept of the the chateau and what you offer and maybe yeah how long do people usually stay what type of people are coming uh, i see you offering a lot uh like you have breakfast included and yoga yeah. and yeah so you can tell us a little bit about the options Yeah, well, it's basically for people who are traveling full time and working remotely, uh, or even for people who just started working remotely and they want to try co-living. Um, sometimes people uh, didn't think about traveling before and now for the first time with the pandemic they have the chance but also they don't want to go to places too far or too extreme in terms of cultural difference or you know some people just want don't want to be too far from their families in times of pandemic as well or want to stay in the european time zone so yeah all of those people are welcome with us uh people traveling in vans as well as i said people with um i think we are one of the very few co-livings that 
have an option to welcome families because we have two buildings. So one building is the main castle where uh, we have single bedrooms, double bedrooms and uh, shared, I don't like to call it a dorm because it's way too luxury to be called a dorm. <laughs> a fancy dorm, yeah. It's basically a room with three big single beds um, that people can share. Uh, and then we have another building where we have apartments uh, and those apartments have their own kitchen. So if people are with the family and they still want to be part of the community, but first of all, they might be worried that the children will not leave the place clean or they might want to, you know, they might need to wake up in the middle of the night to prepare milk or something like that. They don't want to disturb the others or just to have a bit more privacy as a family, we have options with a separate kitchen. Uh, and then, of course, the parents can still take part in all the community events and all the fun. Um, we welcome that as well. We have a big, beautiful, dedicated workspace. Although we have so many places in the castle, so many areas in the castle where people can work from, we have a big dining room, a big living room, uh, big kitchen, garden, and all of that. But we have also this dedicated workspace uh, where it's the so-called quiet workspace. The mm. other places are uh, more lively. Um, and this space is also suitable for events, for presentations with the big screen, for parties with the big sound system. <laughs> um, we do daily breakfast. We have our little traditions like uh, Sunday crepes because we are in France. So every Sunday we do brunch with crepes. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. We organize a lot of um, a lot of events for the community. If people want to participate, like uh, potluck dinners, um, like some skill shares, or who doesn't need to be a professional skill mm. skill share could be just a passion or something that you really want to talk about. Um, we have hot seats, so when people are looking for advice. Uh, they can, in, in a bit more official session, ask the others for advice. It could be work advice, it could be uh, life advice. Uh, we think it's very important to take advantage that we are so many people yeah. from different cultures and backgrounds. And I think that's really useful to get feedback from people that are not the same like you. <laughs> uh, on your own questions. So sometimes in these feedback sessions, we have you know, it could be just um, I'm working on a project and I need your feedback. Can you check my website and see what you think? Mm. It could be I have a problem with my boss. What should I do? It yeah. could be a relationship problem, whatever. It makes people really feel closer. And um, yeah. of course, participation is optional. Uh, and then we have a lot of additional things that are outside of the property which as digital nomads, we know very well that people don't want to do the typical touristy stuff. <laughs> so we have deals with local people of 
really, really local experiences that are not accessible to tourists, mm. such as private visit of an oyster farm from the oyster farm owner, who's a friend of ours, who puts us on the trailer and we go taste the oysters, but also we go on the fields. And this is something that they don't do for anyone else, but for us and a few other things like that that people really enjoy yeah of course um, and yeah participation in all of that is optional but we have a lot of uh, a lot of things that we can do on the property and outside of the property last mm. uh, last week for example we did the murder party uh murder mystery so oh, yeah everyone, i saw it on instagram yes <laughs> everyone got dressed with uh, traditional clothes from the times of louis the 14 everyone had 20 people had their own individual role with their own individual objectives and it was super super fun um yeah we do like wine and cheese tastings and it depends really on on the interests of the colliers yeah uh, but we oh last time also we <laughs> We created something. I don't know if you know the game um, Among Us. Basically, it's a, it's a video game that people play. There is one imposter and the others need to find who is the imposter. So it's a video game, but we actually play it live in the castle. So <laughs> the joy of having the space, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so much fun. Things like that. So we make sure that uh, we make sure that people don't get bored. There is a lot to do. So that's part of the things we do and part of the people that we attract and then on the other hand and i think more for low season we are also attracting a lot of um, companies and startups for the retreats uh, companies that would normally are fully remote and that would like to meet uh, once every few months it's a perfect place for that because we have enough rooms for uh people to stay also we have the big workspace with mm. the big screen where they can do presentations and also we don't have a lot of outside distractions because we are not in a city so they can really focus on their working on their projects but yeah. at the same time they will not be bored because we have a lot of things to do that are that can be organized for yeah. the evenings or for the weekends so yeah that's our two main targets Wow, that sounds awesome. I really think I need to, uh, yeah, do another visit to France soon. Uh, yeah, how, many pleasure. how many people can you, um, can you host at once if you have like a full house or a full castle? Uh, it depends how, how much people are willing to share or not. <laughs> so two weeks ago, we were full, full, full to the maximum uh and we were 13 in the castle and 10 or 12 in the other building wow. but that's if we are really really packed yeah uh if people know each other if there are a lot of couples that yeah. stay in the same room then that's the case then for companies if um uh, if most people want to be alone in an individual room then i would say around 15 16 mm. uh yeah yeah well that's a good number we are trying not to we are trying not to go above 25 27 i think it's the doable group to manage (laughs) it's my it's my favorite number in terms of community size to be honest 25 
So yeah, I, think I understand so. that. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. It, it becomes too big, so people can't connect. Exactly. Yeah. Less than that is a bit too small. Exactly. It's like the perfect size. Yeah. How does it? Um, because because yes of course you're located in france do you get mostly french people or is it a lot of no, no? almost no almost <laughs> no french people <laughs> very few french people for now um i think in winter that will change though uh we have oh from all around the world it's difficult to say a lot of germans a lot of dutch a lot of Americans as well, Americans that are staying in Europe long term. Mm -hmm. uh, now with the pandemic, when travel is a bit more complicated, a lot of British, um, well, from all around the world, yeah. actually. Spanish as well. We had a big Spanish speaking community last month. Um, so your main language, the community managers, they're going to host yeah, everything in English. English. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. And so you're open all year round because you were saying winter yeah. season. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it will be our first winter. <laughs> I mean, winter in a castle, that must be so lovely as well. Right? Well, one thing I didn't mention about the castle, which is quite unique, is that um, in winter it becomes an island. So it has this, it's this huge private green, you know, it's a private park. So it has this big uh, green uh, lawns. Mm -hmm. and two rivers on the two sides so the two rivers are the borders of the property right so to say and in winter the rivers get overflowed from the ocean and all the marshes uh, fill up with water so the water comes really quite close to the castle we still have a small uh, connection by road we don't have to go by boat <laughs> <laughs> we can still go by car but it's beautiful because you're really looking from the window you see the water like you see the place surrounded with water and you really feel like uh, being in an island it's like Mont Saint-Michel right it's like yeah. the idea of becoming a small yeah. island and wow the thing be... with Mont Saint-Michel is that it's coming up and down with the low and yes. high tide yeah, yeah, and yeah, for yeah. us it's season in winter yeah. yeah it's by season yeah. oh wow and Mont Saint-Michel is really close it's one of the favorite day trips that we do with people because it's only one hour and a half so it's perfect to go there in the morning spend mm. some time have lunch mm. Mm, that's beautiful place <gasps> all right do you have any any fun or exciting projects coming up that... yes we have um yeah <laughs> uh in october we want to have a brazilian month Ooh. First, because it's for us slowly the beginning of winter. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's autumn still, but it's the moment where the winter is slowly starting. So we want to have a bit warmer vibes. And then it turns out, so George and Gabriel, are our community managers are both from Brazil. And it seems like we will have a few more people from Brazil in October. All right. So we want to make a thematic month with Brazilian food, Brazilian cocktails, Brazilian music, dances, skill shares. That sounds <laughs> amazing. Sharing the, the Brazilian culture. So a lot of caipirinha, <laughs> a lot of bossa nova. And yeah, we thought it's a, it's a nice moment to 
to share the culture and also to bring some tropical vibes in the beginning of winter. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people would love that. I mean, October is can easily be a bit depressing sometimes, right? It's darker, sometimes. it's colder. So uh, I think that's a really nice idea. Lovely. Um, all right. Well, if you if you think we've gone around, I mean, obviously we could talk for hours, but <laughs> um, I'm going to ask you the question, the last question I ask everyone, which is uh, what makes a home for you? For me, what makes a home? Oh, so difficult for someone that never had a, like for me, definitely the, the, a house, a property itself is not a home. Uh, when you are used to moving a lot, you don't get really emotionally attached to the place itself. Uh, it might sound as a cliche, but of course it's the people, it's the way you feel. Uh, there are places you go that resonate with you and you feel home immediately. Um, for me as well, we are joking, home is where the cat is. So <laughs> our base is where our cat lives. <laughs> I get may that. travel a lot. <laughs> um, but in, in, in the sense of co-living, it's definitely the community and the way, the way you, you feel mm. in the place, the energy of the place. Yeah. I'm yeah. always very, very happy when people come to the castle and say, this is what we put in our website as well. It's everything you expect and don't expect from a castle because in terms of how it looks like, in terms of interior, exterior is the lush setting of a castle. It's what you expect, but in terms of uh, vibes and how friendly it is and how easygoing, it's absolutely the opposite of what some people might expect so i'm always so happy <clears throat> when guests say oh we absolutely didn't expect that you are so cool and young and <laughs> um, and they feel at home immediately mm. actually that's the thing they feel at home immediately and sometimes they you know sit in the living room with all the portraits and stuff in in their pajamas with their laptop and they're like oh my god i can't believe that i'm <laughs> sitting in my pajama in the middle of the, <laughs> of the oh. castle that looks like a museum uh, so for me this is this is important to make people feel like that in the castle and then yeah for me of course the castle feels like home now mm. uh, after so much of emotional yeah attachment with so renovating the place and starting the business so much work invested so much the big part of our lives actually uh, and then in other places where we move it's it's the vibe of the place mm. that makes it a home yeah yeah no i fully agree i like that all right um thank you so much katia for sharing your story it's such a such an unusual uh, one and such an interesting one. And uh, yeah, I got really, really, um, yeah, curious. And I really hope I will be able to visit you someday uh, soon. Yes. That was the Humans Inside the Pods with Morgan O'Learon. Make sure to join our mailing list so you don't miss an episode. Link in our bio.